You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fully Occupied Show. I am your host, Matt Jafoon, co-founder of Occupier. Uh, Welcome back Uh, in 2024. We have a new year and a whole new slate of episodes for you coming up. Uh, This episode is especially uh, special for us because it's our 100th episode. I can't believe that we actually have made it this far over the last four years with the show. Uh, But we have a really awesome guest for you this, uh, this week. Uh, Robert Cartwright, he's the head of global hospitality at Fidelity. Fidelity is obviously a huge institution, not only here in Boston, but globally. And Rob is responsible for making people really want to work at Fidelity. His background is pretty fascinating. He came from the hospitality interest industry, uh, working in the hotel industry. He had a stint at WeWork, uh, where he really honed his skills on making uh, the workplace a a place where people really want to give their all, uh, create relationships, and not just come to the office, but just have a great work experience. So Rob's got some fascinating insights for us, and we hope you enjoy. Hey, Rob, thanks for uh, joining the Fully Occupied Show. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's my pleasure. I'm doing awesome. How about yourself? I'm doing good. We've got a sunny day here in Boston. So, you know, we don't get few, we, we don't get many of those this time of year. So you got to have a, a good mood and a smile on your face. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> um, for our audience, for those that don't know you, um, why don't you walk us through your background? Tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what got you to where you are today. Sure. Um, So my name is Rob Cartwright. I'm the head of global hospitality at Fidelity Investments, specifically for the real estate company, the Fidelity Real Estate Company. Um, I have been in hospitality my entire life. Um, You know, hospitality in the workplace is relatively new for me, I think, in the last 10 years, I would say. Um, But I started in the hotel business. I started at the Sheraton, New York back in, um, let's just say, the early 90s. And uh, I ended up working my way up and around throughout the company, um, managing hotels. Um, I've lived in San Diego and Chicago and L.A. and Boston, um, managing brands like Sheraton and Weston, St. Regis. Um, And I was also a Six Sigma master black belt for Starwood. Um, Starwood was purchased a few years ago by Marriott Hotels. Uh, But Six Sigma is a really big part of my life in terms of uh, the workplace today. Um, so I got here to Fidelity in 2020 at the most perfect time ever, which was March 13th of uh, 2020, I believe <laughs> it was actually my first day working here. And, um, I had worked for, we for a number of years. I was one of the earlier employees at WeWork, which was an incredible, incredible experience. Wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, no matter what anyone may think about WeWork. It was Um, an experience that I wish many people that I work with and even don't work with had. And uh, so I feel really grateful for that. My job at WeWork was I was the senior vice president of global operations, um, among many other jobs over four plus years there. Um, In that role, I oversaw community, hospitality, member experience, um, member technology, uh, and project delivery. So I joined that firm or I joined WeWork when 
believe we had 35 or 40 buildings and I left when we had almost 400. So uh, I got to see quite a bit. Um, I worked at CBRE as well. I was the chief operating officer for HANA, which was a enterprise co-working solution that launched, uh, oh gosh, I forget the year. Um, I'm gonna say 2018, 2019. Um, and that was great to be part of that for almost two years. And uh, then I came here. Awesome. I mean, we got some serious overlap here because I'm sitting in a WeWork space as we as we speak. Yes, you are. Um, I've, I've occupied three or four of them here in Boston, and we have our New York office in the HANA at Three World Trade Center. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you're familiar Very. with that space as well. I was there when there was nothing at the uh, Three World Trade Center. So um, it was um, interesting to meet with the Silverstein partners um, in that group. So that was a very, very long negotiation, uh, but I'm glad that it uh, ended. It's a beautiful, beautiful space. Yeah, the space is great. The views are incredible. And the yep. hospitality is great, too. Um, and we can, we can dive into maybe how some of your you know background experience in, in the hospitality industry is kind of you know, you're leaving your fingerprints on these more traditional like office office environments and, and work workplaces. So um, when we met several months ago at at Fidelity's offices, I was just fascinated by the um, basically the uh, philosophy that you guys have towards hospitality. And I come from an office leasing background. So, uh, you know, working at JLL, we're very transaction oriented. Um, and obviously, a lot of the big firms have developed pretty robust workplace strategy um, practices, but the flavor of what you guys were doing at Fidelity was so different than kind of like looking at it through the corporate real estate lens. It seemed as though you guys were trying to create and curate an experience for the employees, whether they were remote or coming into the office every day, that was the kind of the thread that went through the entire company. Um, and I just remember walking into, you know, the Summer Street building and there's music playing and there's, you know, a guest uh, desk that normally you're, you, you dread walking up to the security desk in an office building because you're like, I got to get my wallet out. I got to figure out these people are going to be, you know, kind of gruff and not going to tell me where I need to go. But it was almost like checking into a St. Regis, you know. Um, and so that first impression was amazing. And then when I learned a little bit more about your role and, and what you got, you have been tasked to do there, I thought we, you know, we'd benefit from having an awesome conversation about it. So I guess my first question would be like, when did Fidelity kind of develop this kind of philosophy or strategy and like, why, like, why did they hire you? Yeah, that's a great, great question, Matt. So, um, I, I think this actually is a really relevant point that I should make, which is how I ended up at WeWork. And so as a hotel GM for way, way too long, um, I had this entrepreneurial itch to go out and try and start my own hotel management company, which I did. Um, it was successful and it was successfully acquired. And so I got a phone call from someone that I worked with in my past in the hotel life um, telling me about WeWork. And this person who was a uh, high up executive at WeWork at the time said, have you ever heard of WeWork? I said, I have not. And uh, he said, well, I think you might find it interesting. You should come to New York and check it out. And I said, well, what is it? I'll never forget this. He said, it's a combination of a Ace Hotel lobby, a W Hotel bar, and an office all in one. 
And I remember saying, that doesn't really sound, it sounds interesting, but I don't get it. And so I went to New York. I went to Soho, which was the first location. And this was in, I'm going to say 2013 or 2014. And I will never forget that feeling I had when I walked into that building. I knew something was different. And I couldn't put my finger on it. It wasn't that the community associates or the people that check you in at the front desk all had WeWork t-shirts. Um, it wasn't that there was music playing. It was a combination of this feeling of welcome that I had never experienced. And I didn't know what it was exactly at the time. I knew I wanted to be part of it. And so how I ended up here at Fidelity um, was um, there's a couple of different really key, uh, key points or key moments that happened. So Fidelity, and this is all public information, FMR, invested in WeWork back in 2017. And as part of that, here at Summer Street, our second floor location, our second floor was designed by WeWork. And along with that, um, Fidelity hired community managers to manage the experience. After about maybe nine months, the leadership here at Fidelity said, we should do this on our own. Let's go find somebody that can help us do it. And it was the very first time that I ended up taking a job where I didn't know anybody, didn't know anyone, uh, didn't know much about Fidelity. Um, I knew that it was a great company. I knew that my 401k was with Fidelity. And that was it. So, you know, the executive recruiter found me on LinkedIn and I actually responded. And I felt, and her name was Betsy, she was um, one of the best recruiters I've ever worked with, and I haven't worked with many. And I felt like I understood the culture from the very beginning. And Suzanne Heidelberger, who's the president of the real estate company, um, she hired me. And um, I remember it was um, wasn't an immediate like, wow, I should really do this. But when I heard the story around what she wanted to accomplish in the workplace, which was to create this sense of belonging, um, a sense of understanding people differently and thinking about walking into 245 and um, feeling something different. And so when I met Suzanne, it was a no brainer. I met a lot of the other leaders um, hospitality has long been misunderstood in the workplace and you can't just put hospitality next to a title. Um, there's a lot more to it. And so, um, Suzanne's vision for hospitality was to create an experience that was different, better, and special. And, um, the very first thing I had not met her in person. And, um, so this was in, I think the end of 2019. And she walked into a, an office where I was and said, you're going to love working here. And I said, wow, okay, tell me why. And she said, this is the most collaborative, kind, innovative company I've ever been with, and you're going to love it here. And so I was sold on her as a leader um, and her vision, but I was also sold on Fidelity. And so March 13th happened and, um, Everyone was sent home, which was literally my first day. Yeah, that's amazing that you were hired to create or run this hospitality program. And then all of a sudden, you know, people weren't coming into an office. So mm -hmm. like, what did you do? I mean, I, I imagine 
you were tasked with kind of the strategy, the development of like, okay, this is, this is what I want to start doing in my first 30, 60, 90 days. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, we're actually in kind of crisis mode all of a sudden have to figure out how to have thousands of people work remotely. Um, and then still maintain that kind of sense and that vision that she had. Um, like how did you deal with that? Boy, so you nailed it. We went from having this vision for what an experience could be for, I think at the time, 50,000 employees to, we have 50,000 employees, personal belongings that are in all of our buildings around the world. And we need to clear the buildings out. We need to um, find a way to get them back in to collect their belongings. So we took a very different approach. We used this as a foundation to build something different for when people came back into the office. We knew there was nobody here, but we also knew that we needed to get people to come in to feel safe, number one, um, to get their belongings. And we used this as an opportunity to provide this warm welcome that they had never experienced before. And so we said, what a better way to communicate that we care about our employees and their well-being and that we value them as um, sort of stewards of the fidelity culture. Let's do something different. And so the World Trade Center, which is um, currently being rebuilt, it will open um, in the next couple of years. Um, we had to bring thousands of people in at different times and we had to plan for it. So we had um, our hospitality team there to greet them with the music, with you know goodies, um, but we were there to be helpful. And they said, who are all these people? And we said, well, you know, they are our variable resource partners, but it's part of our hospitality team. And that was how we launched it. And it was hand-to-hand -hand combat. It was um, these very small wins along the way. Yeah. But I would tell you, unless we unless we had a leader like Suzanne and other leaders in the organization that didn't that believe in hospitality, it wouldn't have worked. Um, you can't just say, "Hey, let's implement hospitality." And so, um, it was a great opportunity to present this different way of looking at an experience. Right. So, we look at it from a pre-arrival perspective. You know, not only who's coming, why are they coming? What is the purpose of their visit? Um, what happens when they arrive? One of the things that I learned in the hotel business was the importance of the sense of arrival. Mm -hmm. And when you would walk into our, our corporate office in the past, it was transactional, right? So you'd walk in and you would get greeted by the security receptionist. They would check in, Matt, off you go. So our approach is make it an interaction, make it feel different, better, and special. And so, you know, one of three things happen when you interact with people. They say something good, something bad, or nothing at all. And so our focus has always been, since we started this, to make sure they say something really good about the experience. And so we're still on this journey. We still have a ways to go, but I think we're well ahead of where others might be in their process. Yeah. And have you guys implemented any sort of um, company-wide uh, in-office mandates or stuff like that that might actually provide opportunities for you to provide this hospitality in like different modalities? 
So if, for example, if like, I, I don't know, I think I was talking to somebody at State Street recently and they have a, a policy of over a certain period of time, you need to be in the office X amount of days, but that doesn't mean you have to be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. It's just like you choose your days that you go in. Um, and then on the days you're not coming in, you're either working at your house or you're remote, or maybe you travel for work. Um, but in any of those instances, you need to have some sort of like tether to that culture. Um, so I guess my question is like, what is the uh, work life look like for an employee at Fidelity today who may yeah. or may not be tied to the corporate office or one of your campuses, but, um, and then like, how does, how does the hospitality kind of maintain consistency throughout, you know, their, their kind of their week? Yeah. So what we do at Fidelity is we, um, we bring in teams periodically, um, throughout a given, throughout a month or even in a quarter, we call it connect weeks. And there is one week per month that your team will be required to be in the office. Right. And so, um, and that's globally, right? So we have dispersed teams, real estate is dispersed throughout every one of our regions. Um, so there's one week a month where we know that your business unit will be coming in. Um, so that is very, very helpful in terms of the planning of how we execute hospitality. Um, it's important to note we have almost 3,000 fully remote employees or associates, and we have a hospitality resource dedicated to building their community and to building the culture of what it feels like to work at Fidelity, which is really important. And if I had to define what hospitality is at Fidelity, it's very simply removing the friction in your everyday work experience so that you could do what you do best. And um, our team is the single um, fidelity resource that is represented in every building around the world. Um, and when I say fidelity, it's they are fidelity employees in every region. And so having the ability to um, create a framework around an experience and giving each region the freedom within that framework to deliver an experience was important. So we had to have the resources. Um, from a technology standpoint, um, our greatest sort of success in interacting with employees. So I knew from the very beginning when we launched hospitality that people were going to think it's birthday cakes and balloons um, and it's not right. And so, you know, hospitality, when you go to a great restaurant, you go to a Danny Meyer restaurant and you're, you know, with a friend, a partner, and you're, it's just the both of you, and you get up to use the restroom where you go take a phone call. Miraculously, on the back of your chair will be your folded napkin, will be your water that's sparkling, refilled perfectly, and you don't know who did it. And I think that is just as much hospitality as anything, is making, making sure that things go as planned and when they don't, responding remarkably. So from a technology standpoint, um, we implemented a texting program called Text Us. And so we utilize a particular platform that we, um, from talent management, communicating with our, our candidates. And we have a very specific number for every one of our regions that makes it really easy, like an easy button at Staples. And so um, we say this all the time, whatever you need, wherever you are, we are here to help. And so every building has a, there's a green sticker that goes around or that is, you know, sort of published internally uh, from a marketing perspective. And we have had so many interactions 
with our employees, our associates, through this texting function that has enabled um, the awareness of our services to be known. And I think the fact that we are here in our buildings is driving people and taking away that anxiety of where do I sit? What if I forgot my power cord? I don't have my reading glasses. Um, where's the fifth floor meeting room I need to be in? All of these are questions that are, at, that are answered and tracked from a data perspective. We know how many interactions we have with our employees. We know their satisfaction and their sentiment right away. And we also know what, um, not only what um, things are going right, Matt, but what things are, when things are not going right so we can address trends and look, look down on the data because I think um, a concept of hospitality is um, theoretical, but we had to make it really like, here's the business case for it. So you had mentioned having a desk. We have a hospitality hub in every location. It's sort of like when you're coming down an escalator into a big, uh, from a big airport, right? In Boston, Logan, you'll see the big information desk. We are front and center and everyone knows that we're here to help. Um, it's very clear to our employees and our visitors that our team is not managing your 401k or investing money that we're simply here to help. And so we have name tags, which um, was an interesting thing to get people to buy into, but it enables conversation. Um, we have our own internal branding, which is a little, um, there was a logo with a couple of hands and a heart and it's orange versus the green that you see in my background. We want people to know that we're here to help and the awareness of our services with every interaction it gains more awareness. And now we're at the point where um, our bandwidth is being challenged. So because we're helping so much in areas where others were doing it off the side of their desk, whether you were a administrative assistant or a project manager, our teams are now here to do a lot of those things. So you could focus your time in the office on being together, on collaborating um, and being the best at what you do. So. Hopefully that answers uh, that question. Yeah, I mean, how many other companies are doing this? Because it seems that like that massive set of data that you've, you're gathering could be the key that answers the question of like, what is our, not only our workplace strategy, but our real estate strategy as well. Like you have information about how people are interacting daily with not only the office and the buildings that they go to work in, but also how they're working from home and like, Hey, I'm, I'm home, but I'm going to, I need something from the company. I needed a question answered. So I'm going to text this line. Yep. And so like you're, you're getting that hospitality or that service, even though you might not even be in the office, but then when you are in the office, you're gathering this data of how are people interacting with our conference rooms? How are people interacting with our food service? What are they asking for? What don't they like about the parking situation? Like all of those things are just drivers of decisions in like real estate transactions, or are we going to build the building here? Are we going to move this office there? So I, I feel like there's all sorts of questions that are constantly being asked. And a lot of the answers are just theoretical, right? But when you have the data, it's easy to say, well, we know this as a fact, and we, we know we need to improve this, or like, if we do this, this outcome will, will happen. And it's far more interesting than just badge swipe data. And like, okay, how many people came into the office over the last month? What does that tell you? It doesn't tell you much. Did they have a good time? Did they like it? Did they want to come in? 
And I also think that um, the idea of team-based office work is smart because you could have a three-day, four-day mandate and let the people choose which days they're going to go in. But if they're just going in to sit at an office because they have to be there, like, what is the point? Like, right. you want the time in the office with your team to get your shit done, for lack of yep. a better term. Uh, um, so I guess going back to my question is like, how many other companies do you know of that are, are doing this? And is this, do you think this is a trend that will, you know, especially through large companies that have huge footprints like you guys? Um, I know other companies are doing it. I don't know to the level of success. Um, I know that most companies that I've spoken to will outsource, will find a third party resource, whether it's industrious or, CBRE or JLL or Cushman and Wakefield. Um, I was recently at a conference with Suzanne Heidelberger in uh, in New York, and we had a breakout session that in that had real estate decision makers for the NBA, uh, Verizon, Mastercard, PepsiCo, um, and because of Suzanne's keynote talk about and she was talking about hospitality, we get into the breakout, and it was everyone focused on me. How did you do it? Why? How? We've tried to do it. We haven't been successful. The one constant or consistent point of data that I've seen is that it's all been outsourced. Mm. And so um, our approach has been different, is having a dedicated team to understand our culture and to bring it to life. And um, that has been the differentiator. And, and it's not about, like I said previously, just finding a company to do it. Most of those companies, hospitality is not in their core group of competencies. And um, we have taken this approach toward educating our on-site teams, some of which are actually alliance partners, um, whether it's food and beverage, maintenance or facilities, but there's this foundation of education that every single person must go through in their first 60 days of hiring. Um, it's called our Fidelity Service Promise, and it is training based on emotional intelligence. And we call it education versus training um, because we say that we educate, pe you know, you educate people and you train animals. And I know that's a, um, a term that we try to use because it very clearly communicates that we want to help you become better. And our security team goes through it. Um, anyone that interacts with a human and not managing a fund goes through this training. That has been a huge part of our success. And so simply saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening, using someone's name and feeling like you're interacting with people that want to be here is contagious. It's the best way to put it. And, you know, I joke with my team that no one likes getting into an elevator with me because I always speak to people. Um, but when they see that behavior and they see how someone that doesn't expect you to say hi or tell you to have a great day, um, every one of those moments helps. And yeah. every one of those moments that we create um, where we may find something out about an individual whether it's they're not feeling too well, maybe we'll send them some ramen noodles from our, uh, from our pantry. Um, we take these unselfish sort of um, 
not a self-serving, but a team approach toward making people's workday better. And it's those small moments that matter. And so our, our education or our training, I'll, I'll keep, I'll say, say training for this. There are five human truths. We hired a consultant that is a behavioral, you know, psychologist and an organizational capability expert who was the former chief HR officer of Starwood Hotels and um, also Fairmont Raffles. And she came up with these five human truths that we base our training on. And that is that everybody wants to belong. They wanna feel special. They want to be understood. They wanna be in control of their life and they wanna reach their potential. So our training is focused on those things. So how do you make someone feel like you belong when you're working in Louisville, Kentucky and there's no fidelity office there? Um, rituals are an important part of our daily activity and our weekly activity. What are the things that you can expect um, that will make you feel like you're part of something bigger than just yourself? And so um, that training that we have done, um, we're in our second version of it. We've had over 1,800 of our employees go through it. We're now in Fidelity Service Promise 2.0, um, which is more in-person education of our leaders because hospitality and the real estate team, the, um, you know, our team that consists of facilities, uh, programs and amenities, um, we all work together on this experience of making people feel like they belong. So it has to be a collective approach and we are um, expanding our influence even outside of real estate. And so we've had our, um, some of our clients ask our team to talk to their customer service professionals about how do you make people feel that way? How do you actually implement what we experienced when we visited your, you know, I almost said your hotel, your office. <laughs> um, and so it's been a, um, it's been such an amazing experience to know that you have this enthusiasm of like a second grader with a college degree and a business card that your company has invested in you and your teams to make people happy. That's the difference. Um, so I think some companies are trying it. Um, failure is not a bad thing. Just helps you get to the, you know, get to your goal a little bit longer, but in a better way. And so there was a huge amount of enthusiasm for hospitality in the workplace by senior level executives. Again, that's not their core competency. Right. They're trying to optimize the asset. They're trying to make sure that, you know, that they're getting the right amount of desks for the right amount of people at the right time in the right location. And we hope that they come in. So your point on, you know, our teams coming in one week a month, we have a very high percentage that come in when they're not scheduled, which is a really good thing. I yeah. think we have a, our team as a small part in that. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, uh, yeah, that, that point about upper management having your back is really key um, because if if it comes down to dollars and cents, then you're always going to outsource it or cut the corners or <laughs> implement a strategy that, you know, maybe half-baked or not really in the best interest of the employee and their experience because really at the end of the day like the, the company exists because of the people that work there and if they don't want to work there then 
they're gone and you're going to spend more resources trying to fill those seats than you are, you know, having people, like you said, coming in when they're not even scheduled to come in. Um, So kudos to you guys for sticking with your guns. It's been four, four plus years since I guess you uh, implemented this. And it sounds like in version 2.0, you're applying some of the learnings that you've had uh, over the last couple of years. And I would, I would imagine that there's even brighter things happening on the horizon. Yeah, one um, there is, and thank you for that. Um, the, the, there are a couple of things that our, our team and being part of it, um, we've discovered. So one of which was that working at a great company like Fidelity Investments, you can join a hospitality team or a real estate team and get your, it's not even getting your foot in the door, but join a great organization without having to answer phones or take a series seven exam and learn the culture and learn how to bring it to life. And so we have, um, when we do have jobs that are open, the amount of applications we have is um, too much to handle. It's a really, it's it's a good problem to have. And we have found that traditional hoteliers, people working in hotels, are amazing fits for working in our environment. Because if you think about it, and this is coming from a hotel guy of 20 plus years, I worked Thanksgiving, I worked all the holidays, I worked New Year's, um, I very often worked six or seven days a week because that's a 365 you know, business, seven days a week. Yep. And being able to provide this opportunity for those individuals that love being of service to others without anything in return. Like there's a, there's a mindset that, um, that our team has and that hoteliers, people that work in hotels also have as well, which has been a huge, huge thing for us. Um, I would say knock on wood, we have almost zero turnover from our team. And I know it's only a four plus year sort of, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been, I love what I do. I love the people I do it with here. Um, I can't imagine being anywhere else. I, I think that um, I wish I had found this company 20 years ago um, because Fidelity cares so much about their employees and Fidelity is obsessed with the customer experience. Um, it's very rare that you could find a place that you call home um, especially in today's environment where people jump around an awful lot. And I was one of them. I jumped around quite a bit. Um, a lot of it was with Starwood, but um, they were different locations. Um, yeah. I was very loyal to that company. Um, and I would say this has been by far the best company I've ever worked with, for sure. Awesome. Well, this has been fascinating, Rob. Let's do some uh, rapid fire questions here. Um, cool. Using the hospitality uh, theme, what's your favorite hotel in the world? Favorite hotel in the world? Oh my gosh, that is a really difficult question and I'm really happy you asked. Um, I would say the Hotel Bristol in Vienna, Austria. I must check that out. I gotta get there. Question two, um, if you could be uh, the leading role in any movie that you've seen, which would it be? Man, these are really good. If I could be the leading role, um, I would say George Clooney and Ocean's Eleven. Good choice. 
you just look better with tux. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to regret that one. Yeah. All right. Question three. What's your favorite cuisine? Italian. Gnocchi. Uh, in, in, in particular, gnocchi. I, I could eat that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Same. Same. Um, oh. Question four. Um, if you could have any superpower power in, in the world that exists or doesn't exist, what would it be? Uh, boy, if that exists or doesn't exist. Um, I don't want to say the ability to read minds. I would say being um, able to fly. Who, who doesn't want, who wouldn't want to fly? Right. Get, yeah. get, pl get places a lot faster and correct. You just got to deal with the weather. Uh, yeah. question, question five, our standard question is, um, if you could recommend one or two people that you think would be great to have on this show, who would they be? Yeah, my first is Suzanne Heidelberger, the president of our real estate company. Um, she has been preaching hospitality for well before Fidelity when she was with Amex. Um, and she is one of these individuals that um, is so selfless in her leadership. And she wants to just give more than she gets. And I admire that so much about her. Um, she's been, I would say, one of the best bosses I've ever had. Not to, I mean, and I don't look at her that way. So she would be number one. Um, number two, I don't know. I think Suzanne for sure, but, um, I think that having, um, someone from probably my WeWork days that, um, could give you a perspective of what it was like at the early days around driving community. Um, there was a gentleman I worked with, his name was Chris Hill. Um, you know, Chris is, uh, based in Miami and work and works for flow, which is Adam Newman's new company. Um, but I have not met an individual that under, has understood community in an environment more than Chris. And so um, I worked with him for many years. I still talk to him. I think he would be an amazing person for you to talk to as well. Awesome. Well, thanks for those recommendations. We'll hit you right. up for some intros. Um, Rob, if uh, people wanted to find you or learn more about what you do, how would they do that? Um, um, uh, so LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn, um, pretty easily found there. And, um, I do have an Instagram account for my hobby, which is painting, which I've done since I've been a little a young kid writing graffiti all over Brooklyn. Um, and so, um, my Instagram is Rob survive and on LinkedIn it's Roberto Cartwright. So find awesome. me, you can find me in either of those places. I tried to be very connected on LinkedIn. So yeah, we'd love to hear from anyone that would want to be bored for five or 10 minutes. <laughs> well, Rob, thanks very much for uh, joining the show. Cool. Thank you very much, Matt, for having me. And uh, we'll see you real soon, I hope. Absolutely.